everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Minnie of Acupack Company and the Shepherd Express. And before we get into the football goodness, which we have a lot of this week, um, it, it is uh, for the the uh, Milwaukee's tailgate, uh, Patreon, and also podcast and whatnot, uh, we uh, we appreciate all you patrons. We uh, we bu- use your your money that you give us to buy new equipment and uh, pay for hosting and stuff like that. But we also donate a substantial amount of it to the Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force every year. Um, and we are going to start that off in December, and we're going to um, match to a certain amount that Ryan wrote in this somewhere that I can't find. So um, uh, it'll be in a tweet somewhere. But more importantly, for purposes of this podcast is an anonymous patron, has generously, we'll just say, given to us two tickets to the Packers-Chiefs game this weekend. Uh, and so, um, if you uh, click on a link that will be in the show notes and on Twitter, and you can find it anywhere, and you make a $20 donation uh, before 5 p.m. Central on Friday, using that link to the Milwaukee Hunger Task Force, uh, you will get an entry into a raffle for those two tickets for every $20 donation that you make. So increments of $20 get you more. Um, if it's the Chiefs game, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's a chance to see one of the best players in the league. Um, the, the cutoff for doing so is Friday night, um, uh, December 1st. Um, and so, uh, if you're interested, do that and, uh, we will give one lucky winner a couple of tickets to the Packer game this week, which we never get. Uh, if you've won a raffle before you are eligible to do this. Um, and also, you know, we'll, we'll take just donations to, um, if you do get a donation and you don't want to be in the contest because you can't go to the game or whatever, just write like no contest in the notes and we'll take you out. So yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, if, uh, good luck to everybody and whoever wins them, I hope you have a good time. All right, now that's enough. That's enough promo and shtick. Um, On to actual football and hey, guys. Uh, oh, I wish to introduce people. I just rolled right into things. All right, uh, first Urban Wauwatosa, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, we have. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, yeah. and I am the trending sports <laughs> reporter for the Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel, enunciating. Uh, because of a question that we have coming up later, uh, indeed, the trending sports reporter. And uh, I got to ask, are these seats in the same place where Anna Love last saw her son, Jordan Love, play the Kansas City Chiefs? Are these are these the tippy top <laughs> of Lambeau Field or like, do we know where these seats they are? are? Thank you, JR. They're, they're in section 136, row 50. Um, and I do not know where that is at all. <laughs> but row 50 is not the tippy top. It is so not the tippy I... top. Row 50 at Lambeau is pretty good. Um, yeah. I think our family tickets are like 35 and, and like those are good seats 15 up from there is not too bad that's that's pretty solid you'll have a good view of course that's there fantastic. are no there are no bad views at Lambo um I mean except for where she sat that one <laughs> uh shouts to the uh to the patron who who was willing to donate yes, those uh, those tickets 5 p.m central I'm not sure you said that I did not cut off on Friday December 1st yeah thank you so much 5 p.m not midnight 5 p.m make sure you do that yeah Details will be in writing after the when the podcast goes live. People can read, but yeah, we should say that accurately so that people don't sue me later because that would be annoying. I would I would love to see the Packers put Anna Love in the front row or like give 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 her some seat that's so outrageously good as like a <laughs> like a subtle troll of the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs next to Taylor. That's where she should be. Oh, ha- of course, Taylor, Simone Biles, Anna Love, yeah. name a more iconic trio. <laughs> And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling Matt, but you can call me Matab, Backby Packing Company, Meme Weaver, General Twitter, Rebel Rouser. Matt, good to have you back. Uh, <laughs> Is it, though? JR, it does not look happy to see me. Oh, I'm, I'm not happy <laughs> in general to see anyone. Certainly not happy to see you. But <laughs> I will suspend my dis- displeasure for, uh, you know, 
hour and a half of Packers talk because mm-hmm. I do generally enjoy this uh, this little time we have together, yeah. Matub. Are, are the Bucks losing or something? What? No, the Bucks won. The yeah, right. Bucks ra- came back to win. Yeah, they solidly uh, ended up solidly winning over the Heat. So they win their pool of whatever the this thing of a jigger is. The, the in season tournament. tournament. I love the in season tournament. Yep. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yep. They'll be hosting hosting the Knicks, I believe, uh, in the next uh, the next round. Quarters <laughs> of the. So yeah, it's uh, it's good. It was a good night for the Bucks. Ah, excellent. Um, all right, so let, we should start because. I don't know, but I am, I am so happy with the Packers right now. Uh, like almost to an what? absurd extent. Why are you not? No, I, I. Okay. It's just <laughs> it is rare for us to achieve this. The what I am seeing on this rundown, this level of uh, of optimism is is truly something special. I feel like like this it's, is like, you might say it's reckless. It is reckless. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, might, yeah I might. you might, you might. But like, I, I feel like optimism at this point in sort of the development of the team, it's it can be extra good because like. If if they're good and if the everybody's coming along and actually is a good player and the coaching staff is good and Jordan's good, that means we're not just good like this season, which could just be a nice surprise. It means we're good for like ten more years, <laughs> which is you know a lot of good. It's it's much better good than all the other teams have. Like um, the Vikings, they might make the playoffs, but they have an injured old quarterback who's not going to play for them anymore probably. And the Bears are horrible, and the Lions are. Uh, they're not frauds, but I think they're on fraud watch at this point a little bit, you know. Um, See, this is why we watch. need sounders because then we can go fraud watch. And even if they're not frauds, like they're golf's got you know a bit of a ceiling on him. You're you can win with him, but you're not going to be a dynasty with him. You need better than that. And we have we still you know it's it's been like three four weeks where we've been good, three and a half four weeks, and that's a small sample size. We shouldn't jump to conclusions, but. It's the way that they've been good is so encouraging. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just so many young players developing and things coming together. And um, it, there's not a lot of fluke in this. Like there's not a lot of like fumble luck, and there's not a lot of like uh, DPI luck, and there's not a lot of crap. Like it's it seems to be legitimate. not a lot of injury luck yeah. when you have. Um, Gerald's but he's got all the injuries. Yes. <laughs> Like it's hard to it's hard to blame this. Like we're not the Vikings from last year, you know. Like uh, we are at this point a 500 team with a 500 Pythagorean, and we seem to come by our offense honestly. And maybe the defense is a little fraudulent, um, but even that's been pretty good. <laughs> um, I don't like. I'm I'm kind of over the moon at that Lions game. I did not give us much of a chance to win it at all. I thought they were going to rush for 250 yards again and and blow the doors off us on the ground and. Uh, we just came to play. It's like that's a good win. I didn't expect them to have. I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> okay, okay, and we could talk about all the ways that this game was amazing because it was amazing. Yeah, it was. but I'm gonna go back to one of my tried and true storylines, and that's talking about the most important player, and that's Jordan Love. You had convinced me a few weeks ago that there, there were areas here where his improvement, like if he improved to the point that he would become an above average to elite quarterback, it would be relatively unprecedented. A player of his age and his experience level just doesn't suddenly become an accurate passer. I take that with me because I guess I don't know if I still think of him as a truly deadly passer necessarily, but obviously the last four games have been really good. So are you seeing signs that are indeed unprecedented or at least getting to the point where he's going to be clearly passable going forward? I think so. And I think, 
I got to revisit that, which I wrote later on in the rundown. Maybe you were skipping ahead, which, yeah, kudos. Good job, oh, JR. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. 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 You're good. Like, we should do that because it's, it's the major story. And I think we got to take another look at, um, at quarterback development generally because I think in, until like 10 years ago, essentially everybody was bad at it with maybe the exception of like the Holmgren school. Um, and um, now I think there's a bunch of teams – that they're just really, really good at both development and maximizing their quarterbacks' um, like skills and minimizing what they do wrong, and like not quite the same. But Jalen Hurts is kind of like this too. Um, he was much more accurate in college than Jordan Love was, um, but he's gone from playing 15 games as a rookie in 2021 and completing 61.3% of his passes to this year completing 67.6% of his passes with it with a nice jog on the way up at 66.5. Like that kind of stuff used to not really happen. Rookie seasons have been bad, um, but you usually don't see that kind of titanic jump there. And the Eagles offense is a weird quarterback friendly offense. Uh, I don't know that Jalen Hurts is any good anywhere else. He's probably good for Shanny. Um, but like if you flip Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, I, I'm like I'm not sure how different the Eagles and the Bears actually look. Uh, I think there's still a, I don't I don't even mean that as a rip on Jalen Hurts. Like he's done the most that he's he could possibly do with the talent he has on a team that's brilliant. But Justin Fields plays for a team that does nothing to help him. Like they didn't do any self scouting on him to diagnose his biggest flaw, which is that he runs himself into trouble and takes sacks. They didn't improve offensive line for him. They don't roll him out. They don't use his mobility. They don't do anything to help Justin Fields like accentuate his positives, which are mobility and playmaking, and eliminate the negatives of running himself into sacks over and over again. Like, um, And if you look at like the quarterbacks this year who are succeeding, uh, they really do follow either current smart coaches or, like in, in the case of Josh Allen, I would say a sort of little click there where they had good quarterback development. I think it's kind of gone away. But, like, Brock Purdy's good, you know? Um, nobody thought much of Brock Purdy. And Shani has... I mean, Brock, Brock Purdy is adequate. Like, most but, most film grinder 49ers fans will be like, he's okay. Well, we just had this debate about Jalen Hurts today on Twitter when his uh, nerds are getting upset that he's getting MVP looks and his underlying numbers aren't that good. But I really love that his stats are almost identical to Jordan, Jordan Love's. Loves. Yeah, they, that's my favorite part. <laughs> that's actually why I decided to use him for the comparison, because on the Dakota chart, he's pretty much on top of him. <laughs> um, uh, but like Purdy, you, whatever, you can say he's not good. He is producing at an elite level. He's outproducing. He is he is the most efficient quarterback in football. He, he may not be the best, but he has the best efficiency numbers by a healthy margin. And even Mahomes, um, who is, you know, one of he may very well be the best quarterback ever was fortunate enough to land with Andy Reid and so i mean i do think this is this maybe matters more than we typically give it credit for and that like the packers have a good history of doing this and and not just with the the Holmgren squad but like LaFleur's school is good for quarterbacks it just is like the the Shanahan thing really works well if you run it it's very close to what they're running now and so now it's not that like I think necessarily the sky's the limit for Jordan. I think he still has a couple of hitches in his game, but he's clearly come a long way sitting on the bench, getting practice every day, which I think is clearly a good strategy for a raw quarterback to, you know, yeah, football practice week to week is you, you do walkthroughs, you plan for the opponent you're facing. That's not good for quarterback development, like going and doing practice and 
read and react practice and like skills stuff is much better for that kind of thing. So um, I, I think he can be really, really, really good. Uh, he's good down the field. He's a dynamic passer. He's not, he sucks at nine balls and he's still a little inaccurate on short stuff, but he seems just really smart. He makes good decisions. And, and like, I, I think he can be really, really good. I'm not sure he can be like one of the, like, I think he'd be like one of the, like the best, but he, I don't know. He might be able, be able to get himself to five best. Purdy's gotten himself to number one. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think the, the dynamic's different with quarterbacks now than it used to be, where you used to need to have Dan Marino if you wanted to have the number one quarterback in the league. You don't anymore. You can just have a guy with, who's a top 10 talent in a good system, and he could be the number one quarterback in football. Yeah, or like you can have Tua turn the ball over with the new hotness. Yes, and you can. And all the wide receivers in yep. the world. Yeah, I think I mean uh, we. Po- I feel like I pointed this out maybe last year, the year before. They're just there's just not a glut of elite quarterbacks. You can you know last year you look up at the at the end of the season and Jared Goff is legitimately one of the you know five or six best guys in the NFL, and that's you know Jared Goff it was good last year for sure. Like he he rose up, but you can do this without you know at minimum Drew Brees. You know you can do this with a with a with a middle level to like lower top tier. Mm-hmm. You no, know, like and. I mean, Jared Goff still is kind of in that top tier, and you know, you watch him play, and it's like I, you think Jordan Love could probably get to that <laughs> level or get to, you know, like uh, Justin Herbert might be expecting too much, but like that's a that's a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so I and you know, like Mahomes' numbers, I, I don't I don't know about the peripheral stats. They probably he's having a bad story. year. He is. Yeah, he's down yeah. right. Like he's he's not special this year nope. relative to his normal normal self. So. Like, okay, but then you also still get to see him make like one of the most ridiculous throws that you've ever seen. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like the Packers. It's their their young talent hasn't come together as well, and I think uh, this is this will be a fun comp. They're actually kind of like the Panthers. They have they have too many slot receivers and not enough like outside go get them receivers, so they're pretty easy to defend. Um, it's just Kelsey, and if you can stop him, it's really rough for them. But Mahomes is still brilliant, but you can see him be brilliant. But yeah, the skill position on that team is rough. I think I think what I realized watching the Lions is that they were a hundred percent right. Not that I really doubted this, but to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think there's a way that Rodgers outperforms what Jordan Love is doing this year, based on what Rodgers did last year. You know, this is this is probably gonna be a better season at the end of the year. Jordan Love obviously struggled at the front end here, but I think by the end of the year, if things trend this way as they have, it's going to be a better season than what Rodgers did last year. That's pretty. So, that's pretty uh, incredible. Yep. Prior to this Agreed. game, he was like he was basically neck and neck with where Rodgers was at this point in the year. Yeah. That's wild. Um, and and now then he's, I believe he pulled ahead. Now he's comfortably yeah. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's wild, right? Like, it is absolutely wild. It really is. And I think some of us made predictions like, well, he might outperform Rodgers because in Rodgers' final season, he actually wasn't that good. And that like that wasn't even a, a terrible like way to be for love. And we would be happy if he was just there. But I think he's going to be better than that by the time the season's over. <laughs> well, so, yeah, by by most of the like advanced metrics, I think that put Rodgers at like 22. Yeah, I think that's about uh, last, right. Last year. So. Yeah, if you're better than the 22nd best quarterback. <laughs> yeah, like it was such a hot take to say he's going to be better than Rodgers was last year. Yeah. It's like, oh, he was actually kind of cheats. Like, <laughs> and like I, I also, I say all this is like one of the biggest love detractors there ever has been. Um, but, you know, you, you got to have an open mind on this stuff. And 
I, I, I did write, like, I wrote a big thing, like, two or three years ago about quarterback development. And the entire second, there's three parts. The entire second part of it is on how Jordan Love could actually do this. And it seems to be true. <laughs> and I, I got, I'm not sure I really believe, I believed it was possible, but not that the Packers necessarily had the people to do it or the time to do it or the inclination to do it. But man, um, he he seems like he is just a really really good coachable guy. Seems like a good teammate. Um, I, I the thing that I, I don't know how you scout this, but he really does seem to make the the right read pretty much every time. Uh, he's usually thrown to the right guy. Sometimes it's a little inaccurate. Sometimes it's a little late. But it's usually the open guy. Sometimes the right read is the wrong throwing to read. <laughs> <laughs> ah, indeed. I also. You couple all of this with just his demeanor through all of this. I mean, he's been through the ringer, and Aaron Rodgers was put through this too. But having to replace a legend, sit out for three years, answer all the questions, try to like not let any of this become a, a problem for him. You know, he's basically being he's basically the the sub. Everyone's saying his name without saying his name through all these last two off seasons where Rodgers is upset with the Packers. Jordan Love is at the heart of all of this. And he's he's really kind of brushed that aside. Like he just seems like he has that ability. So couple that with now seeing the physical development, the tool, the mechanics getting better, the reads good. Like now it's like yeah, this guy might really be the limit for him. There's there's a lot to love. Oh God, I did that. Yeah, uh, you did, you did. <laughs> and hey, hey, you know what? Aaron Rodgers was right to be scared. Hey, oh, what now, Aaron? How you doing? All you need is love and some sunscreen. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 at no point did I accept that the Packers were going to win this game well into the third quarter. It took, it oh. took maybe fourth. They were down, they, I, you know, 20 points in the first quarter. Forget yep. it. I mean, this is a team that has no players available. They are, they have a defense that does not hold on to, you know, gives up big chunk plays, chunk points. And uh, my wife is a Lions fan. We were, I was surrounded by family who are mostly <laughs> Lions fans. And I wasn't even like really paying attention to the game because like it's it doesn't matter. Yeah, they got a they got a couple fumbles in a row. That's amazing. Put themselves in a position where they can maybe like squeak this out. But I don't believe they're going to win this game. And then it just never materialized. Yeah, the I'm with you. Just the better team. They got up so oh, much no. early, and I was totally like, oh, there's too much time left. Like they're gonna they're gonna get conservative, and it, stuff's gonna turn around on them, and uh, th- that's where they'll top out on points, and the Lions will come back and win. And it, yeah, just it just never happened. It was it was amazing. No, I, I was nervous until like like when the lines pulled within seven and there was still like what like a minute left a or minute, something. Yeah. So you, I was like they're I was like they're gonna get the onside kick and I'm gonna have to live through this heartbreak again. <laughs> onside kick is so impossible now. It's just not yeah, gonna happen. I completely agree with you. It takes everything going right, even though we are scarred to have a very major one in our past. Yeah. I don't even think about I, I don't even think that it's likely anymore. It's like it, College is maybe a little different, but in the pros. Well, I mean, so the that onside kick was just awful. Like, like Reed just had to like fall, fall on it. it. Yeah, and he did well. <laughs> Unlike past onside kicks, Reed just did what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. What about the? Let's talk about the the nuts wait, and bolts. Wait, wait, wait. He made so he good. made the right read. Sorry, he made the right. Yeah, read. yeah, he made the right. Read. Fine. <laughs> we need to we need to be better than this, guys. Taylor Swift might be coming to Lambo. We got to get our puns sharp. Yeah, we've got to get them. We we have a lot of pun unpacking to do. Not necessarily on this podcast, but we got to be we got to be in top form here. We'll get there. We'll the, get there. The Packers control their own destiny now. This is this is a also, very wait wait wait. Form. So you're saying you're saying that when Taylor Swift 
comes to Lambo, it's a love story. JR, just tell me. Tub, a tub. We'll workshop off air. We'll yeah. get it. We'll get it. I believe in you. Ah, but yes, they control their own destiny. The Packers freaking control their own destiny. In December, this, this team <laughs> in December with only the Chiefs only six games left. Like you can win six games in a row. It, it's not easy, but it's not like uh, it's 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 plausible. It's insane so, that they that they can win out and and make the playoffs. Nothing can stop them. It is absolutely crazy. You, Three weeks ago, we were talking about draft position for this team, and uh, it's it's been phenomenal. Do you remember my preseason prediction? Yes, I do. Remember your preseason prediction? It wasn't it this that was it so, four and eight versus coming again to the they Chiefs? were four four and eight four and eight after the Chiefs game, and then they, they went out, right? out go nine, yeah, go nine and eight. And then uh, sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. You might be close. You might you might be close to that. Yeah. It, so yeah, if I mean, they I, win I, the Chiefs game and win out, I'm, yeah. it's it's beyond wild card, right? It's but, yeah. More than anything, though, like they don't even have to you, win you out. Win the division. Like <laughs> <laughs> they they control their own destiny. But even if they lose a game or two, like their odds are still really good at making the playoffs. Seattle has a brutal schedule. The Vikings appear to just be shot completely as a team at this point. That. Uh, uh, for people who what didn't a watch, miserable Monday night. Uh, one of the worst miserable. football games that's ever happened. Just insanely bad, and um, they should apologize. They should. They really should. The, the, the only good part about know, it is Justin I... Fields got to be a hero. That was that was fun. So wild. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. I was just watching Twitter meltdown about the game, and that was awesome. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was better with the game because if you didn't see the game, it's actually hard to comprehend how bad it was. It's. It, you can't describe it to somebody and do it. What what broke me was um, it was this Bears' second last drive. The Bears actually had a touchdown drive after this. Um, and Justin Fields clearly just was like, screw it. I'm not throwing another screen pass. And it was third and 10. And he had a wide open running lane through the middle of the field. And he took off. He was going to get a first down. And he tried to do a crazy juke on a, a middle linebacker. And the ball just went flying backwards. And the, Viking, <laughs> Viking, the Vikings got it. And I was like, okay, the Vikings are going to win. That's too bad. And then... The Vikings, uh, like, I literally, like, I went to get, like, a glass of water, and I came back, and the Vikings were punting. And, it, like, literally, like, 30 seconds of real time after that fumble, the Vikings were punting. I was like, oh, the Bears are going to get another shot at this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, I, it was insane. They're Even on the awful. last drive, the Bears had a chance, had no timeouts. They had the two-minute warning. The play ends with about 20 seconds to go before the two-minute warning. And I thought, oh, great. They're going to get another playoff. They're going to they're gonna be able to gain some yards right before that. They And they couldn't get the snap off. Yeah. They they surrendered. I mean, they ended up, it ended up working out. But, like, even in the midst of success, it was a disaster. It was it was Thanksgiving for sickos. It really what was. It was. Man, it was awful. Uh, but we're not like that. Our players played good. <laughs> and uh, um, it just Okay. I was watching the whole game going, like, Oh my God! Watson, listen to Paul say that he doesn't have the soft skills and can't be a good wide receiver. Well, I'm sure he listened to his coaches, and the, that was such a huge outlier Watson game that I don't even know what to think about it. Other than they, they must have done a little bit of self scouting and just been like, uh, and we had some we got some like reports this week about like internal team meetings and working with love and and I think it might just be a, a, like okay, deep ball often is going to come up short. You got to fight for it, six four guy. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like that you know they're running this play, first play of the game, and Watson was just like, "All right, I'm gonna go get it," and he went and got it, and that's yeah, that. And he kept doing also, it. Also, 
He had the thing five noticed, contested catches in this game. He had one to, for the season coming into this game. So the thing I noticed about the massively underthrown and late early deep ball yeah. was that Watson wasn't looking for it in stride this time. So yeah, if he, you watch, he turns he his not. entire body. He's like, he's he like this is going to be ball. shorted. Yep. Like, <laughs> like they practiced it. And, you know, that's one way you can fix that problem, actually. Like, yeah, you can teach him to wing it out there and throw it deeper and work on that in practice. But you can also tell your receivers, like, guys, um, it's just a thing and it's going to be there. And you're not helpless here. You can actually go and catch the ball anyway. <laughs> it seems like they may have done yeah, that. that feels... That feels unsustainable in my mind, but still, you're right. Christian Watson has the ability to go back and he does jump up and get it over a guy. Like, He's six he four and can jump higher than anyone in the league. Yeah, like, yeah. get it over two guys for sure. For sure, <laughs> love that play call. Going back to that, his very first game as a Green Bay Packer, the deep ball that uh, that he didn't reel in that that put got him yep. in the penalty box and for a while. Fifty three oh, yard gain. Like this was not like a. It, that's the thing with love. Like they're they're underthrown because they're inaccurate, not because arm strength isn't there. Like that's a hell of a throw. But yeah, yeah. still underthrown. <laughs> <sighs> I am not uh, yet prepared to say that Christian Watson is back, even though I realize that's kind of one of the takeaways from this. I, I feel like there's got to be multiple games in a row. But uh, you could you could do I, I don't I don't know how he could have done better. <laughs> like, yeah. That was in a tremendous game. Uh, I mean, I, I think I consider this real growth too. like fighting for balls. And a lot of them <laughs> is growth like that is. Uh, if if that was what was worked on this week, it paid dividends. Hopefully, he can keep it up. He didn't get injured, yay! Um, <laughs> didn't go crashing to the ground on his back. Um, and yeah, and maybe maybe it's just a one game outlier. But it, you know, after not seeing him make a single con- well one single contested catch all year, to have that just blow up is crazy. And I I, I mean we got to see it twice, you know. But I'm I'm also optimistic there. It it was so fun. <laughs> Uh, the receivers are just good. They're good. Romeo Dobbs, Romeo yep. Dobbs in the end zone. Um, you know, Jaden, Jaden Reed seems like he's really finding his role, like how they can use him. They seem to have, they seem to know how to use him. So that's been really good. And I know they they didn't even have Musgrave and Wicks. That's the thing. Like they didn't even have two of the guys who have really broken out as receivers. They didn't have them in this game. It's yeah. incredible. But they had Kraft. <laughs> they did. Tucker Kraft is uh, is has risen the last two games and a nice touchdown almost uh i i i did have a moment when i thought the lines were going to come back when he didn't get a first down um on one of his two catches he he was tripped up like four inches short of the sticks and like that guy can't that guy's got to get to the sticks he's a tank and, and he didn't so that made me <laughs> sad but it didn't hurt him it's okay so watching the the craft touchdown um he sells the heck out of his out of his block he does he's good at it and then um love with just like the the fade away jumper like the whole time i was like he totally yelled kobe when he threw that pass. <laughs> <laughs> he did he absolutely did god malik heath was good in this game i forgot about malik heath <laughs> we all forgot about malik. Oh, he's good he was good he was good he caught all four of his targets he was so awful coming into this game but he was good in this game also blocking he laid a couple guys out um he was like blocking guys into the second level like just hanging on and, and pancaking them and then catching mm-hmm. everything um just all a, a nice step in for wicks not being there and actually well, like, I, making it work I saw a lot of comparisons to Alan Lazard. That's what people were like, like, oh, look for him on money downs and expect him to pancake DBs. I think that's fair. That's pr- that's pretty much how he played. So I think that checks out. 
I know Wicks was getting a lot of Devonte comps this week too, and if we're gonna comp <laughs> people to Packers, that's what they should be. Yeah, but Wicks actually has like that like jump double move release that Devonte does, whereas yeah. Keith is just Keith isn't like as massive as Lazard, but yeah, he does he blocks his ass off. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a he's a hefty fellow. He's got a good base on him. Wicks is uh, Wicks is a weird shape too. Like his arms are just long as hell. Um, that that target radius on him is is deceptive. It's uh it's crazy. I definitely want to talk about the defense, but uh, did you want to talk about either AJ Dillon or the pass pro, the the line in general, eh. figuring it out a little bit? I guess. Uh, I I mean I, I guess a little bit that they 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 seem to have this weird rotation where they play. Um, uh, Nyman and Walker like together, subbing in and out, and um, they did play Sean Ryan for quite a bit in this game successfully again. And their pass grades, no matter, so uh, pass block win rate, we've kind of decided an APC is kind of garbagey. But um, across the board on all pass blocking stats, they seem quite good at this point, uh, as long as they're not too banged up. Run blocking still a work in progress. And um, that is impacted by both Dylan and Jones as well. And Jones has obviously been banged up. Jones, by the way, has zero explosive runs this year, which is not good good because he usually has a whole bunch of those um but uh, you know the running game is the running game it'd be nice if they could do it dylan's not been trash and they are adequate but they're not it's not gonna be a power of the team which is actually too bad against the chiefs um, because the chiefs are weak against the run and awesome against the pass but um yeah it's a work in progress but at least aj's come around a little bit and uh he's laying some wood and converting short yardage and in the passing game he's real fun so yay for that uh, I said this on last week's podcast that the thing I loved about the Lions is their offensive line, just really talented, probably one of the best lines in football. And good lord, did the Packers wreck them? <laughs> Rashawn Gary, Gary, oh my god, them. They got. I mean, the Lions off. have the Lions have arguably the best right tackle in football, and Gary handed him his own ass. Like, <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever it. see a dominant performance like that against this Lions line. Like the week before the Lions line was getting down like four yards downfield for the running backs before anybody touched their running backs. And they got destroyed in this game. And, and Goff was running for his life pretty much all game long uh, and looked terrified after a couple series. Uh, the, did you guys notice all the sideline shots of Goff just looking like despondent? They, they went back to that like five or six times, and um, he did not look comfortable at all. Uh, Gary, I mean, uh, I got in. I, uh, I'm going to pull a, a, a tub for a second. And did, did you guys see my tweet about Rashawn oh, Gary God. and pressure rate? So, sorry, JR. <laughs> didn't mean to break your brain. Did um, you guys see my tweet? Yep. Hey, you guys oh, see that God. tweet? About Rashawn I Gary saw- and pressure rate, where I, a bunch of people yelled at me about how it was stupid and how sacks were all yes. that matter and how we've been you waiting for three it. years. You, write, you retweeted it for this game I saw. Yes, I did. Just I, as a reminder that you were right. I did do that. One of your- you love to remind people when you're when you're right. Oh yeah, dude. The vi- the victory laps that Paul takes are legendary. <laughs> it's true. But uh, but yeah, he is right. It all it all came home to roost in this game. Gary was uh, uh, he got tons of pressures. He got tons of sacks. He forced fumbles. He recovered fumbles. And uh, the one thing we know about Jared Goff is he sucks when he's pressured. And man, was he pressured! Yes. And boy, did he suck. Uh, that, your point that's the whole that game. That your your point had been. Gary had all this pressure, didn't necessarily have the sacks to show for it, but your point was they'll come, you know, the results will follow. This yep. is this stat is saying that he is elite right now. It's justified that they signed him to an extension. Just wait, you're gonna get you're gonna see the results. And sure enough, 
here are the results. There they are. Yes, exactly correct. Uh, and all like Jonathan Owens is good now. I mean, forcing turnovers, make or picking up turnovers, making plays. Carrington Valentine just doesn't. I, I keep waiting for the rookie wall with him to hit. I mean, he's a seventh <laughs> round pick, but he's just. He's real too. He's good. Isaiah McDuffie had a good game. Isaiah McDuffie was swallowing up dudes. Crazy game. I feel like their run defense is better with those guys than with their preferred starters. Like uh, I, that's my shoot yeah. that I'm waiting for now is like Savage guys and Campbell to get back. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and yep. see how that goes. But I love the backups. The backups rule. And Owens was great against the run in that game. He was a missile. Well, yeah, he he tackled his butt off. He did. But man, I don't know about Colin McDuffie though. Like. McDuffie was getting torched in coverage. Like he's he was doing his best Blake Martinez out there. Yeah. I, I'm kind of okay with that. Um, we can't all be Preston Smith in coverage. And they're so much better in run defense with <laughs> him in there. Yeah. Preston's awesome. Preston <laughs> we should somebody needs to make a cut of Preston in pass coverage because I think he's done really well this year. He did, he had a good one in this game too. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. We can't. He's great. He's right. the, the, that's the problem is, is Preston has such a high football IQ, but then also he's the size of an offensive lineman. He is. So then he like he would have been a corner if he was a smaller person. Yep. Uh, nice game for the punter for Whelan. I, yeah. I, I'm sure we'll talk about Andrews Carlson. Yeah, again, dude, but, he was uh, wheeling and dealing. Let me tell you, that was. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Yeah, we will. Dude, I, um, I actually forgot to pay attention to Anders. He missed uh, like a super long kick, right? That they he missed 60, 60, 62 or 63, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who cares about that I don't one? care about but that missed, one. I care. Just a Paul and I short. both care. We were discussing that kick and how it should have been easier. Well, that might be. That's not his fault. Um, it, it's still very long. You know. Three straight games of the PAT. PAT, missed, though, yeah. That's a problem. That's no good. Got to get that That's right. a pretty good trend. Yeah. But can, can we talk about how that should have been a fair catch kick? Oh, yes, let's yes. talk about I that. I forgot about the fair catch yes. kick. We should, okay, we should do that, yeah. So why don't since you actually had it on top of mind, why don't you Okay, so that that 60 something yard kick. Um they never should have returned the punt. You should call for a fair catch because that allows you to do something called a fair catch kick where essentially you are kicking a field goal as if it's a kickoff. There's no defense. So you can kick it low. And your average NFL kicker who can sink them from 50 can hit him from 70 off of a tee with no defense. Yeah, although nobody's ever done that. But it's theoretically possible. So, Well, because they're always doing it from like 75. <laughs> <laughs> but so so had it would have been a fair catch kick, I think it would have been 66, 67, something like that. Yep, at least possible. And I, yeah, it was it was very within S- the realm 66 of 66 unblocked is, is an easier kick than 62 blocked. So absolutely, yes, yes you give that a shot. And and Carlson um, did hit that ball too high. He definitely was skying it over blockers and thought he was just going to power it through and he needed to get more line drive on it. He's got the leg for that. He just he popped it up way too much, but it was still But um, I mean the, the fact that he just barely shorted it like like by a yard after popping it up that much makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. But Matt, you know, the, the longest fair catch kick isn't actually that long. Really? Yeah, it's 52. Well, that's successful. Successful. Who's punting? I, I realize this, they haven't converted one in the NFL since like 1977, but who's punting to set up a 52-yard kick at the end of a half? Come on, guys. Well, it was Paul Harding <laughs> who made it, so. <laughs> that's who. Yeah. 
It's been a minute. It's been yeah, so that so that, this has happened. That means the that, that the opposing team's punter ran like a six flat forty yeah. and was smoking at halftime. Yep the the Packers <laughs> the Packers made the first ever fair catch kick and they made the longest fair catch kick. Uh, so that they they have those two things to their to their name. You know who made the first ever? Curly Lambeau hmm. made the first ever fair oh, catch. Oh wow, kick. good one. I can't decide if this is the type of thing that. You know, people who follow football who know this rule exists, they're just kind of waiting for it to happen in a game so everyone can lose their minds. I need an alert for like a Twitter alert for it. Of just, course. Yeah. But I also feel like everyone also kind of knows it exists. Like I, I realize average football fan surely does not. But, you know, at this point, it's I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be this thing where everyone's like, yeah, it was a fair catch kick. No big deal. Everyone <laughs> do knew, you, do you everyone knows that when... rule. Yeah. But do you remember when Doug Flutie, as a Patriot, attempted a drop kick extra point? Yes, I did. I do remember that. Like, I, I feel like, like if a fair catch kick were to happen in today's NFL, it would blow that out of the water. You know, yeah. uh, once Steve Largent ran in a one point conversion for the Seattle Seahawks, which is a thing that you could do before what? the two point conversion existed. Yep. Oh, okay. He was the holder on the PAT, and he wanted. He was like at the time, like the NFL points, like not all time leader. Maybe he was because Rice hadn't been around that long yet. But uh, he, yeah, he like would sneak points every once in a while on PATs just by grabbing the ball as the holder and running it around the end. Oh my god! He would. He would Shane Falco. Uh... He would. He would. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I really am. Su- I am surprised that we haven't seen one since the seventies. It, it obviously requires just such rare circumstances. Yep. It just requires everything to be perfect. But since the 70s feels like a long time to see one of those things convert. Well, Mason Crosby almost did it once from like 66. Um, yeah. It, yeah. But it's it's just, you know, it, it, from that far, everything has got to go perfectly. And it's it's tricky to pull off. By the way, the yeah. longest, well, I also attempt, think... longest attempt in NFL history is not a fair catch kick. It's a regular field goal. It was by Sebastian Janikowski, and it was 70, uh, either 74 or 76 yards. Yeah, and he shorted like he barely made the end zone. Yep. But, like, was, but um, I feel like it's also a kick that you have to practice because like you see like NFL kickers are practicing with height, expecting blockers. And then you see like the social media kickers are doing the 70-yard ones without defenders. Right, just on a line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe if you don't practice it, you don't try it. I've seen a few attempts in high school, not personally games I've attended, but playoff game a little while back between Greendale and Pius. There was yep. a, a fair catch, fair catch kick that almost uh, he did, he didn't make it. It would have swung the outcome, but uh, didn't make it. I think with virtually no time left. So they they pop up from time to time. Are we done? We could talk about Kansas City a little bit, yeah, if we want. Uh, uh they're. They're good. They're good, but they're not as good as they usually are. I think right. that's worth noting. Like they are often, you know, the AFC's juggernaut, and their defense is really good, but their offense is v- quite mediocre this year. Despite having Patrick Mahomes, they're a very weird team. They can't run the ball very well. Their outside receivers are uh, pretty mediocre. It, MVS is still there, <laughs> and, um, but they, they have all these little guys that aren't any good, like like Sky, whatever his name is, and. Kadarius Sky Tony, Moore. yeah, Sky Moore, that guy sucks, um, and it just doesn't work. If Kelsey's out there, awful, but he will not be. He was, he will play, and so they'll at least be cromulent. But um, yeah, <laughs> also people forget Kelsey's thirty four years old. Yeah, he's played forever, man. Like he's, 
Uh, all of his metrics are he's the best tight end ever, and that's counting stats. That's <laughs> old man counting stats. Well, he's he's the leading Kansas City receiver ever. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, who... he's got eleven thousand yards. That is insane. Not a lot of competition either. Well, I mean, no, I guess uh, like everyone I can think of wasn't there long. It's Tyreek so, like... and yeah, like the, the Chiefs just. I think their best receiver of the '80s was like Stefan Page, who is just a guy, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, but I think the... of Christian Okoye when I think of the uh, yep pre JR version of the Chiefs. <laughs> oh man, I saw I watched um Bye Bye Barry the other day. And Christian Okoye gets mentioned because he was the leading rusher in Barry Sanders' uh, rookie season. Oh yeah, and and Barry was like nine yards away from taking the rushing title, and was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm gonna go sit down." Like, <laughs> nice. But anyway, normally I would say that they're gonna get smoked by the Chiefs, but I think they got a shot in this one. Um, I think uh, the Chiefs do have a good pass defense, which is kind of unfortunate for what the Packers are built to do. Um, but. I don't think that the Chiefs can... I mean, it's Mahomes. He might go crazy at any given moment. But like, it's not like they can super capitalize on the Packer weaknesses. The Packers are pretty good at the the pass-heavy team defense as long as you can't power run against them. And the Chiefs really don't do that. Um, I think this will be close. I think this will be a fun one. And even if they lose this game, like if they look pretty good again, I'm good with that. That's all I want. So... uh they were actually bigger underdogs against the Lions than they are against the Chiefs. That doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me at all. I just, for those who are feeling optimistic about it. I'm feeling very optimistic that Taylor Swift is coming to Lambeau Field. Should we do questions? We should. We should. All right. We'll start with Patreon patrons. Of course, they get question priority. Mark Putscarby always gets question priority. Uh, I posted a few weeks ago about how over the last decade, the youngest team in the NFL has averaged five wins a season. We are now at that mark with six games to go. Only one team out of the 10 finished with at least eight wins. That would be the 2022 Detroit Lions. Given the rarity of a young team playing this well, can we now put to bed the idea of Matt LaFleur being a poor coach? I think so. It's hard to make a case that he's a bad coach at this point. He may have some some weird little flaws and allegiance to Joe Barry and whatnot, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty clear that the guy knows how to develop and cook and call plays. Like, I, I don't see how you can argue. Yeah. Like that. I, I'll, I'll lay to bed that he's a poor coach, but he does have like, he's not the wunderkind that we all thought originally. I don't know if he pulls this off. He might be <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, if they go to the playoffs, then all hail Matt LaFleur. Yeah. I mean, good job, buddy. You're, you're very good at this. Old man on a bike in Sherlington. Welcome back. I'm just an old man on a bike who reminisced about his favorite Packers hat following last week's discussion of the absence of Blaze Orange in the stands. Of course, I'm talking about the 2009 Blaze Orange hunting down hunger caps, which is arguably the finest Packers merchandise to be sold, with the possible exception of the mid-1990s black and green leather jackets. Uh, This sounds, by the way, something you you would be friends, Paul, with this guy. I know you like to deep dive into various merchandise rabbit holes. This sounds awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm a firm believer in the power of fan merchandise to drive wins, as shown by the Super Bowl performance in 1996, Amen. 97, and 2010. Oh my God, the gaudy 96 Super Bowl merchandise. Ooh, boy. My question. My question is, what type of merchandise w- that would embarrass my wife when worn to professional events does Packers Pro Shop need to start selling to ensure future championships? Zubas have been tried and did not produce the desired results. So what are we left with? Uh, cheese Crocs. Yeah. Haven't they had Cheese Crocs? They don't, they I, don't own... think, I don't think that's been like an official. Okay. But Especially yeah, I... in December. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think I think Cheese point. Crocs would be bad. Um. Man, I don't know. Like, uh, like if Zubas didn't embarrass I think your wife. You need, what, what they need is like an eight ball jacket with the G in the place of the eight ball. Oh, God. See, that did it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what? Just just start selling G-Force merch again. Oh, man. I hate G-Force merch. <laughs> the um, worst. Yeah. Dude, uh, you know, 96... The the suit the New Orleans Super Bowl that hat is awful. It's just, just the no. Actually, here's the thing though with 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 90s culture coming back with the Zoomers, I have literally seen people unironically wearing the 96 Super Bowl hat. There's a little irony in that. There just is. It's I don't know Zoomers. That hat also like was ugly irony. instantly. I remember not getting one because I was like, well, that's not gonna be that's not gonna age well. <laughs> it, it, it it wasn't even yeah. It didn't age like. On its way out of the tunnel. Nope. But, but I still have one and I love it. It felt right to me at the time with Brett Favre. Just a loud personality. Loud kind of in air quotes. Not that he was. Yeah. I don't know. It felt. Also it in the felt, ballpark of a New Orleans hick kind of guy. Like a water right, boy right. type character. Yeah. That, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It fit. I guess. In the moment. Okay. But. It, to me. When I think of that hat. I think of Reggie White wearing it. Yeah. Like like the picture of Reggie and I'm I know, I'm just I know like, the exact one so yeah <laughs> and I'm just like that doesn't look right <laughs> but that's the image in my head every time yeah uh, so yeah just wear 96 gear that's my my recommendation Donald Anderson update the Packers have gone zero games since receiving a personal <laughs> foul I like the reaction from the last game though get a stupid personal foul and get your butt cut goodbye Dell love it perhaps this coaching staff is learning. <laughs> Here's his question. Good news. We have our quarterback of the future. Bad news. We have our defensive coordinator <laughs> of the future. Agree or disagree. Unless Robert Sala gets fired, I'm afraid we are stuck with third and Barry. Oh, man, yes. Yeah, I think Absolutely. so. Um, and well, honestly, he hasn't even been that bad this year. He's still this stupid Barry crap, but they've had uh, he's getting he's Barry's getting his regression to the mean season right now. And that, yeah, we are going to get stuck with him. But whatever. It's it's worked out pretty well so far. But yeah, he still if, sucks. If Robert Sala does get fired, though, what do you think? I mean, maybe I feel like that's such an obvious fit that it, it is. Just isn't going to happen. I think Lafleur cuts Barry to sign one of his best friends. I think, I think that's, maybe I yes, bet. quite possibly. I don't know; it's hard to say. I would love it. I Me think too. It, I'm down well, for that move. I hope a, nepotism wins. Yeah. There's another. There's another one. Uh, another name that is going to come up here later in the questions that okay. uh, we can also discuss. Sweet. PJ, PJ is it Wessels. Jim Leonard? Uh, no, but we can talk about him. Early forecasts are saying it may be snowing in Green Bay during Sunday's game. Does this benefit the Packers more than Kansas City? I don't know. Uh, when, is the la- when is the last time that quote-unquote Green Bay weather has benefited the Packers? Not ever. Well, not since the 60s, Two- I guess. Uh, oh, I was going to say 2006. It's been a while. Oh. 
Because like, I want to say, because to me, the mystique was broken uh, in 07 against the Giants. Yeah. Uh, well, it, we had the Snow Globe game, but they got destroyed yeah, by the say, Giants the, the game after that. I think in, Snow. In the breeze. I guess uh, we, we maybe need to distinguish between snow and uh, stupid cold. And uh, snow can be fun. And I think maybe can give them a little bit of an edge just on like the the light cold that they're used to versus other teams not being used to it. When it's negative twenty, I, I feel like that's just it doesn't help them. Like they're they mostly are a passing team. The old man is gone, so maybe it does. Maybe it helps a little bit there. Like maybe Travis Kelsey is, is an old man enough person not to like cold anymore. <laughs> um, but I, I I don't think it really matters. And that divisional game against the Niners was cold as balls. <laughs> it was. It was. Did not help uh, I've us. I've written about this, uh, whether or not the Packers are more impacted by cold temperatures. Um, I'm trying to reread what I wrote, and it's a big, fat TLDR, and I don't... Well, yes, I... it helps a little, but it's not, it's not like, obvious. And, and I think it's, like, the really extreme cold usually go against green bay but then like the next tier of cold frequently yeah. goes for green bay i think that's and, right you, know, you can't really weed out the fact that green bay is also a very good team most of these years so it's hard to really project like they should win most yeah. of their december games i too wrote something good. about that and there's also some selection bias involved in uh the teams that come to green bay to play in extreme cold weather they tend to be wildcard teams and wildcard teams tend to not be the best teams in the league and so they tend to to often have less efficient offenses and defenses overall that sometimes comes with a powerful rushing attack, as was the case with the Giants a couple times with Ahmad Bradshaw and that big idiot who ran next, Brendan Jacobs, that's the guy. Um, you know, the Giants weren't good, but if you come into Lambeau and nobody can pass because it's negative 20 and you have Ahmad Bradshaw and Brendan Jacobs, you suddenly have an advantage, and that happens to them on a regular basis when it gets super cold. And yeah, so that. Packers uh, twenty, I think it's twenty eight and twelve against warm weather teams since I started tracking this uh, back in I don't actually know when I started, and uh, so like they they win more than two thirds of the time against a warm weather team. You would you would I guess expect that that's I, I don't know if I guess I would expect that maybe. Um, man, they I played a game in eighty nine in Texas that was twenty three degrees. What Ooh. happened there? Whoa, weird. I. I... I remember a couple of years back, uh, we were talking about how good Aaron is in Dallas, like specifically when he plays yeah. in Jerry World. And I wondered how that would compare to Aaron in warm weather. So I was looking at his stats before mid-October, and apparently the first four weeks of the season, Aaron Rodgers is just Jerry World. Like when it's warm. Yeah, he's, he likes warm. California boy. Yeah. All right, Jonathan Deal, between this game and the road game in Arizona, why does it seem that Matt does best coaching and bust out his better play designs when his pl best players are out and he has to coach with one hand tied behind his back? The part of it might just be like veterans don't, uh, people who are the starters don't need as much coaching. And then maybe there's too much deference. Like maybe those guys get to run a little bit more of what they're comfortable with and what they like versus, you know, get Malik Heath coming into the game. You kind of got to tell him what to do. And in the process of telling him what to do, um, you know, you can get a little more involved in springing guys open and what, and maybe there's something there. Um, maybe it's just having a little more time with the Thursday game. Um, but it, it's, 
it's probably it probably is a little bit of the familiarity thing because uh, guys do definitely have like their favorites and their chemistry plays and things like that and there's not that many plays over the course of a game especially the Packers who don't run super fast offense there's like 55 offensive plays you get to run and some of those are just going to be get ex- guy the ball and uh, so I don't know maybe it's that um, maybe it is just random and that they actually do have creative plays that just haven't worked but uh, more than anything I just think their young players know what's going on now and that this is different than in the past when um, LaFleur has randomly schemed games I think a lot of this now is just like guys getting it and when guys get it and they're in the right place you can open up the playbook a little bit because you can trust guys to do the correct thing and make the correct reads now where you couldn't early in the season Uh, I think a lot of the early season calls were being afraid of young guys and now what you're seeing is trusting the young guys to actually know what they should do based on the alignments that are out there on the defense yeah, well said. All right, Jonathan Judge. Uh, each week I pay close attention to JR's <laughs> introductory words, trying to decide if he's describing himself as a trending sports reporter or a training sports reporter. Uh, given his focus on social media and what's happening now in our culture, I tend to think he is saying he's a trending sports reporter. Plus, if he is still in training at this point, that does not seem good. <laughs> but perhaps he's just humble and trying to get better each week, taking it one column at a time. Please resolve this dilemma. How is JR introducing himself before each episode? Uh, as, which is why I uh, specifically enunciated for Jonathan Judge that I am, in fact, yes, the trending sports reporter. I don't, uh, don't particularly love the title. I never really have. But I have held this position since 2018, so it is true that I probably should be out of training uh, by now if I was indeed if I was indeed just a rookie cub reporter trying to trying to get my feet under me. But uh, but yes, trending has, sports reporter. Has Judge ever asked us a question before? No, I'm I don't pretty think sure so. he hasn't. <laughs> I, I think he also that. knows that I'm the trending sports reporter quite well. <laughs> I have talked to Jonathan Judge. I've interviewed him for uh, for our Brewers podcast. So I think I think I think he knows. He asked me this week how he could get a question into the football podcast, so I'm pretty sure it's his first question <laughs> on the football podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Yes. Jonathan Judge. Indeed. Uh, a tremendous follow on Twitter. If Indeed. you are even remotely interested in baseball, you got to yes. follow him. I mean, I followed him before I even cared about baseball. But That's he perfect. Makes it, he makes it that fun. He's probably part of the reason why you matrixed yourself into knowing everything there is to know about baseball. <laughs> He probably is. Price Trozen says, This week I'm using a 90s record title to express the vibe. Since the tank has exploded, and after checking out the Jordan Love quarterback school video, I'm feeling strangely fine. Semisonic, 1998. The question, other than an obvious fully healthy Jair, what player returning from injury would be the biggest boost to our playoff hopes? And as a quick aside, the mayor is rounding into late season form. Love to see it. Ah... Even though I find him annoying, it's probably Bakhtiari. Ew. I know. But if he decided to, you know, that uh, they have a chance now and just come back and be good for six games plus the playoffs, that would help the run game and it would help the pass game and give more flexibility on the line. And, like, they've been okay without Jair, strangely. <laughs> and Aaron Jones, I guess, would be my other answer, except he hasn't been that good this year. So... If you can get vintage Aaron Jones, maybe. But I think the answer is probably Bakhtiari, even though, again, he's an annoying person who was especially annoying today. <laughs> I'm going to go with a uh, different class, the album by the band Pulp. 
just a Brit pop band, 1995 album, different class to uh, to classify my feelings for, okay. for the. Uh, uh, I also saw the movie Saltburn, which is a lower visibility movie outside of the Oscar race. And there's a very funny line, probably the funniest line in the whole movie uh, relates to pulp and and lead singer Jarvis Cocker. But uh, don't go see Saltburn. It's 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 so many things that I can't unsee. OK, uh, good to know. Just as an aside, just as an aside, little uh, little Britpop reference for uh, for to to play into Price Trozen's category. I will continue to be thinking of '90s albums and how it relates to the Packers going forward. Patrick Detmer says Frank Reich has now been fired. <laughs> Jesus, Carolina, changes are looming in Carolina. Is David Tepper going to gift the Packers into the opportunity of passing up on Ajiro Avero as their defensive coordinator for the third time in four years? <laughs> I, I think yes. I think. Uh, if they're smart, they'll keep him. But they're not smart. <laughs> and Promote him to head coach for crying out no loud. No kidding. No, they can't because how long does the how often does the interim stay the head coach? He's not the interim, is he? No, I'm saying like if you promote him to head coach, it would. Be I see. Like, oh yeah, sentence. I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Right. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think yeah, in the NFL, it never happens. Yeah. You're right. I think he's probably on the free agent market, and I think if they do move on, they probably go to the Salah if he gets fired. Uh, even if they don't stick with Barry. So I think they probably do pass over ever again on, for the third time. And yeah, I know. Did you say Bisaccia? Did you give me a different Sala. name there? Or was that? Oh, it was Sala. They go to Sala. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I thought you said Basala. Bisaccia. I'm like, Basala. What a, what's a Basala? He is the Training? best special teams and defensive he, coordinator. Training. <laughs> he was actually just mispronouncing Inshallah because, you know, God willing, yeah. we'll sign Sala. <laughs> Evero, oh, yeah. like, um, he just can't catch a break at this point. <laughs> Somebody's got to keep him on staff. He's good. Their defense isn't even that bad for having absolutely no talent on it. It can't stop the run at all, but it is good against the pass, and that's all they can do. So well, That's the thing. He keeps getting hired by teams with Cheeks rosters. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. He does. <laughs> he deserves better, man. All right. Uh, case of the Sunday Berries. What drove success with our run defense? Our linebackers have been injured. Don't seem that great. So is it just the defensive line stepping up in a major way? Do you think what we saw is sustainable? It feels like every year there are a couple of games the Packers look like they can stop the run before an inevitable collapse, and it would be nice to buck that trend. Yeah, I think they're hanging by a thread a little bit there, but um, Slayton is pretty good against the run and has been playing quite a bit. When Kenny's healthy, he's good. When the two of them are together, they're actually pretty good. McDuffie is good against the run, even though he can't cover, as Matt pointed out. Owens was killing people, and in general, their secondary is tackling better than it often does uh, against the run. Carrington Valentine is also a good run defender because that's how he likes to play. Uh, and Lucas Van Ness actually played quite a bit, and he is a pretty good run defender as well. So th that's... Okay, so I, I do want to point out, I did notice something with Van Ness. Um there was a point where he uh, read, a, I think it was a read option, but he he stayed on his edge and then bailed on rushing the passer to try and get deeper into the edge. Yeah. Like he was he was eventually beaten to the edge because it was a small person versus him. But right. still, I was like, hey, that's a very cerebral play. That Look guy at the actually rookie was go. smart, yeah. <laughs> but I also well, think like if Slayton, on special teams. Yeah, if Slayton gets hurt, they become instantly terrible again. And oh, God, if, if a lot of those links so... break, they become instantly terrible again. So it's working right now, but it's it's not like a deep thing. It just happens to be good at the moment. So they also uh, they also got up on the Lions, and be, we, leading is maybe the most helpful thing for your run defensive. Anything that you could do. 
But yeah, also like Barry goes, oh, like we have a 15 point lead. Let's just blitz. Yeah. Constantly. Let's just kill him. Kill him. Uh, yeah, shots to Lucas Van Ness for the tackle on the fake punt that could have changed the course yep. of the trajectory yeah. of that good game. Good read. He's good at reading stuff. He is. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you said it earlier, but Devondre Campbell. I don't want oh, him back. Man. I don't want him back. Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah. a case of he, he's got a bad case of the olds. He does. He has a case of the olds. He's not good anymore. Looks like a one year renaissance for Devondre Campbell. Um, Made Wiley, do we want to make the playoffs if it means going to Santa Clara to play the 49ers? Would it be better to just miss the playoffs on a high? It would be better to make the playoffs. Making the playoffs in, with this team would be great, especially if they actually earn it. Um, you know, the way we talked about them earlier was like they might look into Matt's six win team that can win 11. That is not what we're seeing right now. That is, it, absolutely not. They have earned what they got so far and if they continue to it to do so that might be what we get also their most likely playoff opponent in the first round is the lions at the moment and you know you get that and you can start to do some damage in the playoffs so um you, you absolutely want to make it and the 49ers are, are a very good team but they are hardly unbeatable they have had some problems occasionally this year and yes they are a kryptonite but uh you know you get in if you happen to peak at the right time and this all keeps coming together, maybe you get something. You guys, I can't, I can't do Detroit Packers in the playoffs. It's Why? Ruin my life. Why? Because oh, my you, wife, you personally can't do. Yeah, I oh. can't. I can't personally. I was gonna say, Jr. Think of the content. Think of no. The of content's Sterling fine. It's fine. But this is the. <laughs> This is one of those rare moments where I actually am prioritizing my personal life and my hierarchy of wishes over the content. Believe me, I don't do that most of the time. I, I just, I just, we just, just can't do it. Walk around calling Jared Goff, Scott Mitchell, too, to your wife that week. <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm, yeah, I could do that. I uh, like if the Tigers and the Brewers met in the World Series, would be great because both teams made the World Series and somebody's going to be a champion, and it would be completely different vibe. But the Lions, like, I don't. I, I'm sure people are aware of this, but like the Lions. They need this, you know, like <laughs> they need this. They do need the Packers this. Packers. Like it'd be, it'd be really cool to go in and win a playoff game. But like, you know, like, like made Wiley says, they're going to go to Santa Clara eventually and get, get kicked. You know, that's fine. It'll be fine. It's a good, but the, the lions know. though, man, they are, they are, this is tough. This is tough for them. Well, it's like, so my sister, similar situation, diehard Packer fan, her husband born and raised in Michigan is big, big lions fan. But also, he's a Michigan fan, so he can deal with it. Well, uh, my wife too. She, they're having a great time right now, right? As so, far as so college football goes, you're right. So you're right. Deal with it. Like, absolutely true. Um, yeah, you're right. Thank you, Matab. You're right. You're right. I am. Mm, oh my I god! Can so, I need I need Matt to clip this <laughs> and send this to me on Twitter. Thank you, Matab. You're right. Uh, that's funny. JD noticed uh, LVN not standing up as much when he's in to rush and instead had his hand to the ground. Yep. Any Down reason lineman. for this? Did he look better? Yeah. So, uh, so maybe that helped Lucas Van Ness be good. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, so maybe playing the defensive end like a defensive end is he, that is that what we're saying? I think yeah, because he is one of the beefier guys, and that is probably how he should be used in in the old timey four three variety of defensive end. Or three four overlook, I think, yeah, is how whatever. they were claiming it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying because no, no. the nerd, you, the nerds get mad. You're technically correct. However, I'm correct in that there are only two types of defenses: three four and four three. And you've just invented seventeen different names for them. That's all. Not you, but people. 
the royal you. Yes. The royal you. People are saying. <laughs> Richard Proctor says, why is it so hard to find really good kickers? Given that most of the planet prefers soccer to American football, shouldn't there be more humans with a kicking skill set than anything else in the game? Is this a scouting problem? Yeah, this is a good point because it's not that hard. Uh, it, uh, it, Jared, I don't saying, know, man. It, it, so, uh, Kicking a soccer ball is just not the same thing. It's not it's the same not. thing. However, as someone whose hobby in early college and in high school was kicking drunken field goals with people, uh, it's just not that hard, man. It just isn't. It, it, I mean, you, do I have to talk about the book, Jr.? Do I have no, to bring up don't. the books? Please don't. I, <laughs> but I think Matt Schneidman invented the idea of kicking field goals. It, it is it is training muscle memory and repeating it. It it's, okay. It is literally just leg strength, flexibility, and then just marching band style cadence of this, then this, then this, then this, then this in quick succession. It I can't believe. First of all, a lot of the kickers are really good. Um, it's. It's weird that like they have the same scarcity levels like quarterbacks do, <laughs> um, and and it's weird that the tr- the like amateur training on it seems so poor. Um, but honestly, like if you just go do it for like a couple months, you'll you'll get good at it. It's not. It is. I'm not. It's just not that hard. It just is not that hard. People make mm. it seem way harder. The Bears had that. St- <clears throat> When the Bears had the double doink, some stupid radio station had a contest for randos to come kick, but it was like pure ice. And so, like, it was just a montage of them falling uh, down. Wasn't that Mina Kimes? It might have been Mina. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Mina Kimes and ESPN did that. Okay. Well, whatever. But, like, you don't have to kick off solid ice. Nobody can kick off solid ice. And if you do, you'll have, right. like, but proper the, But the narrative, Paul. Yeah. The narrative. But, like, it, I, I'm, I'm just not kidding. It, like, if you want to go out and take a football out to a football field, I'll just tell you how, how to do it right now. Um, do it like you're kicking a soccer ball. And then whichever way your plant toe is facing is the way the ball will go. A lot of people pull it left when they first try it because they overcorrect with their approach and their plant foot points left and then they hook it. If you just point it straight, it'll go straight. I guarantee it. It is it is just not that hard. You'll be able okay. to make like a 25 yard of the first time you do it and then just get confidence, kick it harder and it'll go farther. <laughs> All right, Paul, I have this idea. So I think that you should go to a kicking camp. And then you should try out for the Denver Broncos and then write a book about it. Yeah, okay. We know you read Matub. We know. I, anyway, my point I, is, only, I only read lit RPG and books about football. My point yeah. is there should be more high-level kickers out there. There really, really should. Uh, I, by the way, am reading Ball 4 for the first time. This oh. is a book from the Ball 19th. Yeah, uh, chronicling the 1969 baseball season by Jim Boughton uh, with the Seattle Pilots. The Pilots became the Milwaukee Brewers. Jim Boughton did not make the trip from Seattle. He had already been traded, but uh, <clears throat> really loving it, loving it. Just uh, just something I'm in the middle of right now. Did not expect to love that. All right, Danish Cheesehead. Will getting thrashed by the 49ers or Eagles or maybe pull a surprise win or two or three in the playoffs this year and possibly next year, Help light a fire in the young players for a real run in 2025, or would we rather prefer no such beating and a marginally better pick? So what Basically, we need to do the is, question is, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, what we need to do is to play against someone in the playoffs and score 45 and then lose on a missed uh, face mask call. And that will really spark the team for next year to, to go, <laughs> go out and <laughs> perform well. So, um, I, I just, first of all, like, 
the Packers have. Uh, I wrote the recklessly optimistic column earlier this year, where I, I I made the case that progress is not linear in football. That if things come together quickly, you become you can become good really quickly. And we're not there yet, um, but there are some signs that the Packers could do that. And in the playoffs, so the 49ers are good. They they have a hundred plus hundred and forty point differential. We know they're good. They've beaten the crap out of us a bunch of times. The Eagles aren't that good. They're ten and one and they seem to have the brewer type skill of winning close games because their coaching is really smart and they can do the tush push and always convert fourth downs and stuff like that. But their point differential is point plus sixty four. It's like this is not a ten and one juggernaut. They are overperforming by quite a bit. If you happen to catch the Eagles on a bad day in the playoffs, you can do some work there. And if you're a like uh, air it out offense and and can go toe to toe with them offensively, you might be able to do something there. The best point differential is the Cowboys. And are any of us scared of the Cowboys? Because I'm not scared of the Cowboys. Like we we know who they have. Uh, this is not an overwhelming NFC. It's a bad NFC. The 49ers are the best team in this NFC. You want to make the playoffs. Like you could luck into a lot of crap in the playoffs. There's some garbage in the playoffs. And if you if you happen to catch lightning in a bottle and turn this on, you can make some hay here. Like do not give up on them. There's not we, they're not good teams. We saw what was objectively a bad Giants team at week eight beat the perfect Patriots. Yeah. Like you, you it can happen. It can. <laughs> Well, and the Packers, too. The Packers, that same season, right? I get 07 and 11 confused. I do, but too, but, sure. it, but the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl both years. Right, so but I'm talking to... about the perfect Patriots, the 16-0 and 0 Patriots, which I yeah. think was 07, right? Okay. And the, and the Giants were like... too, is what I'm saying. In Lambeau, in the freezing cold. Yep. This Cowboy team well, lost to the Cardinals this year when Josh Dobbs was their quarterback. <laughs> that, that, that was happened. such a weird game. It man. was a weird game. <laughs> Clearly, Joel Osment, uh, I don't know who he's referring to. Help me out here. Does SBH's yeah. Rel- yeah. relatively good tech? Simone Biles' husband. husband. <laughs> yeah. You you came up with the moniker, man. Yeah. Uh, I, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I I couldn't. I just it just wasn't hitting me uh, for some reason. But yes, does Simone Biles' husband's relatively good tackling game suggest he may be a better linebacker than a safety? He's a very bad safety. How common are <laughs> midseason position switches? No, who was the Who was the safety that we played at linebacker that like died because uh, of Raven Green? Raven Green. That's right. Yeah, like he would get Raven Green. He would die. He would die. Yes, and he is not a great safety, but he is a good tackler. And he helps the run defense. So uh, they're not going to do that switch. He's too small. That's it. Simone, B- Simone Biles, Taylor Swift in the same box at Lambeau Field? Question mark? Would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Also, are Simone Biles and her husband built exactly the same, just different heights? You've already pointed that out, right? Yeah. That we've decided that is true. Yeah. Did we? I, I just know. I don't know. Like- but dude. Jonathan Owens got into the end zone and didn't do a flip of any kind. Yeah. I mean, were you Ooh. offended? I was offended. That's, that's I, I wanted to see like a backhand. Spring. I actually am offended. Like, like you got to do that. Like you got to. <laughs> it's just good familial relations. First career touchdown. Yeah. Like you've got to lean into that, my man. Yep. You know, he might have just been so surprised to be there that he just didn't have it all calculated in his head. But like Jonathan Owens, flip, flip when you score a touchdown. K time seven says it feels like everything has changed, but the needs are the same. Does our draft strategy remain the same as a few weeks ago? Assuming we were always giving love a two year runway. Yeah. Um, 
I think I like. I think they need you, a left tackle. They need a left tackle. There's good tackles. Yeah, you're in drafting this draft. tackle. Yeah. yeah, unless Marvin is there for you. But if that happens, things have turned drastically, and we're in quarterback land again. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but I, I think it, or, it is. But what if Marvin Harrison gets Dak Prescotted, where Jerry calls the cops on him oh, and he yeah. gets a DUI? Okay. But yeah, I, I do think <laughs> oh, draft strategy very nice. Yes, draft strategy is pretty much the same. Like it is, you need offensive. T- you need tackle. Um, o line generally, you probably need you probably need a running back. You, you, even AJ's slight resurgence, like he's not going to be around that much longer, and so you probably go running back at some point in this draft. Um, you you're going to need safeties because you know you can't trust this, and probably another corner or two or three too. So I think that's what you're looking at in the draft, and nothing's changed that. That's still what you're looking for. Mattingly sideburns. Last night was night 11 of a sleep regression Ooh, for my ouch. 10-month-old. I'm Sorry. starting to lose it. At 3 a.m. last night, I realized that the 23-24 Packers could be viewed as an allegory for the South Central Louisiana State University football team in the Waterboy. In both stories, a young offensively-minded wonder kid, LaFleur equals Henry Winkler, experiences success using a crutch, Aaron Rodgers equals Winkler's playbook. Conflict ensues when a defensively-minded ally, Robert Sala, steals the crutch. The young coach loses their way for a while until they realize that they are more than their crutch. My questions are, <laughs> who's Bobby Boucher on the 2023-24 Packers? Why, and number two, why is it so funny to picture Joe Barry as <laughs> Farmer Fran? I mean, it's Gary, right? Because who else? Yeah, it's, it's Gary. Yes. <laughs> it is absolutely good. I mean, okay. Y'all make the, me cry. I, I was going to say that the face that Rashawn Gary makes when he cries is the exact face that Adam Sandler makes when he's sacking a quarterback. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, also, Joe Barry is farmer friend. That's that's quite good. Mm-hmm. I, uh, um, uh, man, when was it? Like, was it on this podcast when I did the whole Winkler bit? Like he fakes to the left. No, he thinks about faking. <laughs> Probably at this point, I think we've done all, everything on this podcast. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Yep. Oh no, we suck again. Ryan Ziegler, I'm too tired. <laughs> To have a better question, polish up your crystal ball. The cap will be open. We will have theoretically reloaded through the 2024 draft with the number of picks we will have. Who is your one man away free agent Ooh, target? Fun question. T. Higgins. That's a good one. That's a good one. Bring him home. Um, Mike Evans. Mike Evans a, was my thought. Mike Evans. Yeah. A free... Mike, you don't think he's going to be too far into the old? He'll be 32, but he's going to have his be. like eighth consecutive thousand yard season. And elites, yeah. not always, but sometimes age better. Julio didn't, but they sometimes do. Um, you could get nerdy and say like Antoine Winfield, yeah, because Ooh. that's a position of need. Pick, I guess man. that's a do good guys, call. Do you guys think Kyle Pitts is going to hit free agency? Uh, 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 is he good? Do we? He, Kyle Pitts is awesome. He's just misused. <laughs> he uh, wouldn't be a free agent next year, though, right? Uh, I guess I'm thinking for the 2025. Because oh, if okay. I, I think I was under the impression that he was assuming like like you reload draft 20 i don't know but yeah travis kelsey in his keith jackson season <laughs> that'd be sweet it would. let's go not not true but... yes. <laughs> no yeah probably probably like a defensive player some some woodsony type guy is probably the real answer uh, maybe we actually land buddha by then if he's still healthy ah <laughs> uh, the one that got away yep he's your one uh yeah, that's a good question. What about Derwin James? Uh, is he a free agent? 
Well, this is two years down the line, isn't it? Oh no, he's talking about next year, twenty twenty four. I'm confused as to his exact. Okay, next year, no, he's, he is not next year. So never mind. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty four because they reload with the draft. They'll have more cap, more, more, more money. Uh, so I confused myself because their cap is still bad next year. Yeah, the cap is still bad in twenty twenty four. That's yeah. why I moved on. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So it's possible then that he is. He does not mention twenty twenty five. It's possible he's talking about that year. Okay. So, yeah, never mind. Derwin James uh, is a good answer. That is a good safety would be would be really nice. Yeah. Scarf twenty one. On top of seeing Love show signs of drastic improvement, are we also witnessing the resurgence of Christian Watson, or was that just a flash in the pan? Uh, there were good signs, but I think we need a little more to to declare him back. Well, what do I always say? You need three data points to start a trend. Yep, exactly. We have, we have one. But I mean, if you want to be optimistic, it was a good game, and it's not like. It's not like we're waiting on Christian Watson to be good for the first time. He was good last season. He was legitimately good. And when you start putting guys in position to maximize the gifts that they do have, which, um, or he gets a little improvement, then he can still work out well. So um, I want to see a couple more games. But I, I think we, maybe they got something going here. Matt Pickett says, whether or not the Packers can keep playing as well as they did on Thanksgiving is anyone's guess. That said, what all can the team do to keep the foot on the gas? Do you think the team can actually do said things in order to keep playing this well for the rest of the season? Yeah, just creative play calling, uh, get everybody onto the field, get healthy, and um, just use Reed how he should be used, use Watson how he should be used, use Wicks how he should be used, use Dobbs on the goal line, and don't fall in love with running crappy running plays, um, which is my biggest fear for this team now that the running game isn't that good. And Matt seems to like running the ball still in situations where you shouldn't. Um, but like they got weapons here, like use the weapons. Don't, don't do stupid crap where the weapons aren't used. That's it. All right. Here's a question. This, uh, this is Joe Rob. He's actually a good friend of mine. Uh, I know he asked this in, in a DM. This is more of a rules tactical yep. type question. How does the guard in shotgun formation get to slap ready or, or get to, s- <laughs> <laughs> all right uh basically what he's asking is how can the interior lineman be doing all this gesturing yes. pre-snap and not get whistled for false start or illegal shift or whatever illegal motion whatever it is whereas somebody on the outside or like a tackle or wide receiver just flinches and immediately the play is blown dead yeah. like so how does this happen apparently there is an unwritten rule uh that guards are allowed to participate in the silent count as long as they're not clearly faking the start of the play that's the, the long and short of my research into it and asking acme packing company people about it um that you can do some pointing you can do some looking backwards at the ball if you're a guard um even though i it sure as heck looks like you're false starting um because otherwise that there is no way to step the ball properly but i think more than that just everybody does it and the defense knows not to pay attention to it so nobody calls it that's it there's no rule though it's just a thing that developed yeah, I uh, I actually posed this question to uh, to an official. I, uh, an oh official yeah, that I know. Yeah, I, I don't know if he fully understood the scenario because I I don't quite understand what he's saying. He says in the NFL or in any code, all players on offense have to be set for one second prior to the snap, unless you have one player in motion. When you see an interior lineman make a motion with his arm, usually in loud stadiums for the silent count, it's signaling the cadence for the snap. In these cases, you do not see you do not see players in motion, so they have met the requirement. 
After oh. the arm movement, they are set for one second, then they can snap the ball. After they are set, any movement prior to the snap is a false start. Okay. So wait, is he claiming he's claiming that the guard is the player in motion? He gave me, a, a, yeah, I think that was the that that it essentially constitutes a shift that you can you can have you can have somebody in motion at all times, but if 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 guys are running, the guards aren't. You know, the guys are, now. I don't know. If that's the case, when I was researching this, it basically it, it comes down to what you guys are saying. Like, there there is a little bit of judgment. Is it simulating the snap? Yeah. Is it something that would catch a guy off guard, or is it very clearly something else? I think the APC decision was essentially that that if it's not simulating the snap, then you can do it. That refs could maybe technically call it, but that it's sort of a necessity for loud stadiums. That's it. All right, I'm gonna read one blue sky question. All right, because uh, we're because we're getting yeah, a little we long on time. But uh, Wizard of Loneliness, do we want the playoffs now? I'm so confused. <laughs> Fair <laughs> we, enough. We do. Playoffs are the goalposts moved. Yeah. Yep. They I moved. Mean, at this point, mid you're mid you're mid level first round. Like you might as well have some fun to show for it. Something to show for it. Absolutely. We're out of the quarterback zone. We're not doing that. It doesn't matter what we draft anymore. We're gonna get the Jets pick, which looking pretty good at this point, and or the second round pick. I know, but still. Um, but yeah, you want to, you want to win. Winning is good. It's fun. We should do it. That's it. Yeah, We're done. It. We're done. We're done. Sure. So before we go, JR, anything to plug? I don't have a ton. Uh, was, was, <laughs> I had a little fun this week doing a little bio on Warren Spahn because it came up in Wisconsin <laughs> politics. Tony I did not read that, a, but I'm uh, going to now. I mean, it's fine. Like, obviously, the majority of people who follow Wisconsin sports know who Warren Spawn is. But Tony Evers had a uh, email account which came under some fire using the name Warren Spawn. Uh, Tony Evers would have been not yet six years old when uh, the Milwaukee Braves won the World Series in 1957. Warren Spawn pitched in Milwaukee until 1965, the year they moved. He was traded the year they moved. So, um so, uh, yeah, did a little bio on him, which I had a little fun with. Not, not that many people read it, but I thought it was funny. We'll obviously have Taylor Swift content all week Heck yeah. at jsonline.com. Um, I knew you be, were trouble when you walked in. It's going to be really dis- <laughs> it's going to be so disappointing because she's not going to go. and I'm going to be heartbroken and I'm not going to care if the Packers win or lose unless Jonathan Owens does something again. So whatever yeah not not much else cooking right now right. it was a really really great week of sports and thank for wisconsin and thank over thanksgiving and now it's kind of feels like a come down <laughs> after all that uh regression to the mean hits everybody eventually matt you got That's anything true. drink yep drink <laughs> matt you got anything uh i i still continue to make prop bet content with uh, tavion wicks back i can go back go back to that well <laughs> um i had to learn about other players who aren't on Tavian Wicks this week. That was kind of hard. Um, but no, as always, visit lymphoma.org. Donate. Call your best friend. Tell him you love him. Open your best bottles. Life is short. All right. As as for me, my Shepard column will be up momentarily. Actually, it should be up right now. Uh, recapping the last game. Uh, we'll have some stuff this week on quarterback development on Acme Packing Company. Maybe a few other things as well. Um, but uh, that'll do it for us. It's still getting back into swing at things from the holiday uh so it, it's a sunday night game it should be a fun one mini pod will be on friday uh keep an eye out for the contest link which will be up on twitter and in the show page and all that good stuff and enjoy the game on sunday i think i've seen this film before and i didn't like the ending you're not my home
you are.